This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Well, look at all those faces popping up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of CWK Live every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm your host, Dan Zare, thrilled to be talking Star Wars with each and every one of you. Well, it's great to see all of you here on the show. Blake, hello. What's up, man? Good to see you back on the show. Terry, welcome. He says, great podcast this week, Dan. Well, Terry, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Really do. Jason, hello there. Good. So good to be back with you all after a totally random fever last Tuesday. Oh, no. And a wild day today. Well, Jason, I'm very glad you're feeling better, buddy. Very glad. Hello, Lori. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. Minta can't make it tonight, but we'll be back next week. May the force be with you. No problem, Minta. Help all as well. We'll, We will chat with you next week. Ross, happy Tuesday to you. Look at this. Will Davidson, very excited to make it tonight for the first time. Hello, Will. Let's give Will a round of applause. Good to see you, buddy. I think you will love it here. It's great to have you on CWK Live. Josh is here as well. Hello, Josh. Good to see you, man. And Ben is here too. Hello, Ben. Good evening to you. Josh, um, before we get started, please tell everybody about what you've got going on um, later in the month. You've got a great uh, thing that you're doing in San Francisco. Uh, Blake and Ross and Jason all say welcome. Will, yeah, it's good to see you, man. I think you're going to like it here. It's always fun to talk Star Wars with our friends here on Coffee with Kenobi. So let's look at what we're going to actually talk about. We're going to talk about your top five moments from Andor's 10th episode, One Way Out. We've got some Bring Home the Galaxy reveals. We've got a few surprises for you and your comments and questions. So let's take a look at what is brewing in the world of Star Wars this week. And now, let's see what's brewing in the Star Wars universe this week. Yes, indeed. What is brewing in the world of Star Wars this week? Well, we've got um, some cool stuff. You know, every week we got Bring Home the Galaxy, the brand new... Well, it's not brand new. It's been about a month, because this is week four, of new holiday merchandise, um, celebrations of new Star Wars action figures. There was some Halloween stuff. Now we're getting into the Christmas season, which is great. I asked Josh to tell us, and he said... I have two panels at Fan Expo San Francisco. One is Law of the Mandalorian at the Nerd Night panel and a Lawyer's Holiday Special. I mean, really, does it get better than that? And Josh is so talented. I'm sure you've heard the legal geeks before, but he is certainly someone to watch. He is a a veteran of presenting all across um, conventions everywhere. So kudos to you, Josh. Well done, sir. All right, let's look at this new merchandise, shall we? So, Bring Home the Galaxy Week, I think I said four. This is what I'm most excited about. This is the Vintage Collection. It's a two-pack. It is a two-pack of Forlom and Zuckus. And they have modified the packaging, I believe. Um, these The retro fit, it says Vintage Collection, but it's actually a mistake. I heard back from Hasbro to verify that. And that is confirmed. This is from the retro line. To give you an idea of what this is like... Uh, this is an Amazon exclusive. It goes on sale tomorrow. Terry says, yes, the complete ESP Bounty Hunter series. Exactly. So let me switch my screen really quickly. So 
when they did this before, it was, I think, in the summer, maybe, they, they had this. It was a Boba Fett and Bosk two-pack. Now, there was already a, a, a Boba Fett retro one that came out. And uh, so this came out. And the reason I bought it, even though I already had Boba Fett, is I want to get Bosk in this retro line. I've said many times, this retro line is my absolute favorite. So I bought it. As you can tell, I haven't opened it yet um, because I kind of like this box. But I think I'm going to open it for you tonight. How about that? There's a little bit of tape here. Uh, so let's go ahead and open that up. Naturally. Yeah, the Empire Strikes Back figures bring back a lot of good memories. Josh says, I agree. I mean, they're just very special. Very cool. Blake says, well, my first time seeing these, I'm buying less nowadays, but this is a must-own. Yeah, to me, the retro line stuff is great because you can have that the classic stuff from when we were growing up. But it's newer, so you don't have to worry about playing with it or messing with it because they're brand new sculpts. They're not, they're not, well, they're brand new sculpts-ish. But it's new joints, right? New things. So CWK meets unboxing videos. Yeah, this is this is Uncharted Turp, but I've, I've tore this open with scissors. I don't think there's anything special going on in here. I think you just I think they're just in here together. Again, there's the box, which I really like. I'm gonna hold on to that for a little bit. So you've got Boba Fett. Again, the retro Boba Fett, which I already have. But I think I'm gonna open this one. I already have uh, one of these, but I'm going to open this one. I'm going to bring it to school. We got a cool little collection at school, some action figures. And here's Bosk. Now I bought Bosk because I wanted him on card. And this is the situation we got going on. So I'm not a fan of that, but I've got two options. I've got three. I could complain, but that's not really my jam. Or I can put this down on the floor or a nice shelf and I can take some really heavy books and put it on top and then we'll flatten this and it will be perfect. In fact, if I bet if I did it all week, I bet if I showed you this next week, it will look great. So that's what I'm going to do. So there you have it. The reason I'm showing you this is because that is what we've got, is what's being offered by Hasbro that's going on sale tomorrow. You got Forlam and Zuckus. Mary is here. Hello, Mary. You are late, but no, it's good to see you. Ross's trash compactor. Yes. Ooh, what if they did re-release the trash compactor from the Death Star playset. So there's that. Goes on sale tomorrow. It will have an affiliate link posted in the CWK Cafe. This is something I know a lot of Black Series figures or figures, a lot of Black Series fans are excited about. These are the carbonized action figures. There was a difference in pricing. So these things are going to go on sale tomorrow. And it's a two-pack exclusively on Amazon at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So mark your calendars for that. This is going to be on sale for $69.99. These are the Carbonized Royal Guard and TIE Pilot 2-pack. Yeah, they're very nice. Now look at just the pants on the Royal Guard are really cool. Josh says those are so beautiful. Yeah, they're really, really great. So this is something that Funko is doing, which I really like a lot. These are the Power of the Galaxy. And this one is... Ahsoka, obviously, Ahsoka Tano from the end of Star Wars Rebels. And this was revealed exclusively on Rebel Scum. I think, let me see if it's exclusively going anywhere. Uh, let's see. It is Amazon exclusive. It's Amazon exclusive. There you go. I believe that goes on sale tomorrow as well. These usually drop at about the same time, about uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. 
nice looking one. So this is from her universe. This is a, a V-neck. Uh, let's see. Wow. What's the official title here? Let me pull this up for you. Uh, it was just, it was just dropped today. It's got the great um, starships on it, which is really nice. Uh, Ross says, Ahsoka was gone in minutes earlier today. Oh, rats. Well, okay. Well, I guess that was already released. So I'm sorry that I, I missed that. But it looks sounds like you did too, Ross. That's a shame. Uh, this is called the Her Universe Star Wars Silver Icons V-neck sweater. It is available now at Her Universe. The retail price is $54.90. Not too bad for a nice sweater. Uh, ben said, so glad I recently made room in my office for more Funkos. There you go. This is the way, right? This is totally the way. Here's a really cool sweatshirt. Uh, that was also presented today. The company for this, I'm pulling it up on my phone while I'm showing you this. This is from, come on, come on, Zoom. This is a called the Always Hungry Hoodie. It is available now. And it is, let's see, where is it on sale for? You know what? I'm just going to post a link to it on Coffee with Kenobi's website. How about that? I think I'll do that. Ross says, well, there's a link from some outlets back to Amazon, so they were no longer available, so hopefully there are more tomorrow. Yeah, we'll keep our eyes open. I'll let you know if I hear anything. And then we've got some snow gloves. There's, I only posted the Imperial ones, but you've got Mandalorian ones. You've got some Rebel ones. They're really, really nice, very, very warm. You've got the Velcro at the bottom because you don't want to be going down the slopes or sledding and then get snow down your sleeves. That's no fun. So there you have it. And by the way, I realized that last week, we were talking about the reveal of the dark saber going on sale at Shop Disney. These are the legacy lightsabers that you can purchase typically at Galaxy's Edge at Doc Ondar's. And I said, "Well, I have one," and I was going to show you, and I forgot. So here it is. This is the dark saber. Uh, it's a very—you can't tell, or maybe you can—but the it's very heavy. It's like a very heavy, nice. I know. I'll try to see. It's made of a nice, solid metal. Um, the blade does come out, which I'll show you, but I think what you really want to see is in here is this. It is motion sensitive and then it turns off. I think I showed this maybe when I first got it. Uh, you push this button back here and the blade actually comes out and then it comes with a display stand so you can display it. But it's super cool. I need to get a different camera. Am I now the ruler of Mandalore? Well, I didn't, I didn't um, fight anybody to get this thing. Which is probably good because I don't think I would have won. Now, if they would have challenged me to translate Shakespeare, I think I'd have a good shot. But hand-to-hand -hand combat, not really my jam. An excellent question. <laughs> like Josh said, great weight and it is well balanced. Too. Yeah, I, I figured you guys had it. They're, it. they're very well balanced. Legacy lightsabers are always really, really stunning. So good. So good. All right. Let's do it. Let's jump into talking about Andor. I know that is our main category for today. Top five moments from Andor. One way out. This is the episode we have been waiting for because this three-part prison arc has been a stunner. A gamut of emotions, mostly on the dark side and, and a lot of depression, but also a lot of excitement and tension. It's just a master class in storytelling. So we need to really dive into this episode and there's no better place to do it than on cwk live so we're going to give you our top five moments from and or one way out i look forward to seeing what everybody has to talk about with this 
So Mark Suter and Ross Holliban, Ross, who's here now, join me to talk about it on Coffee with Kenobi this week, as Terry kindly mentioned earlier. But now it's your chance to weigh in as well. Number five for me, I put sparing the troops. Wait a minute. Did I put the right thing? That doesn't sound like what I put before. Let me see. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So at the beginning of this one, um, I think it's important. Uh, it's really more in the middle, actually. So Cassian uh, and his crew have and Kino have got all these Imperials captured. There are two left. They they shoot one to make a point. Kino does. Then there are a couple left, and they never kill them. They don't even bother them. They just run off and leave them. I think that's so important because they don't opt for violence to try to make their point, even though they have every reason to be angry. The fact that they spare them, to me, shows that they are not evil. They are desperate. They are frustrated. They're angry, and they've been horribly treated. But they're more interested in getting out. They're not murderers. They're not savages. And I just think that's a really important thing. So we can see in this very gray arc, this very gray series, there's not clear-cut good. and There's definitely clear-cut evil, but there's not clear-cut good. Not really. Maybe Marva, I would say. Or perhaps Bix to a degree. But just having that out there, I think, is really important. Okay. Number five for Josh, the acting. There are three Emmy-worthy performances. Undoubtedly. I hope that the Emmy, um, the folks who vote on the Emmy don't sleep on this episode or this series because it's it's terrific. Mary also has a dark state. Right thought so. Mary has a really good collection. Terry, number five, Kino's empowering speech of One Way Out. Tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Ben's five, small detail, why like that? When the lights go go on to start their shift, Cassian is wide awake. He's been thinking about the jailbreak all night. This is like their Christmas morning. It's true. And he didn't even, I didn't know, did he, was he able to sleep? He was just very fired up. Good catch. Will number five, Kino's moment of decision. No one is getting out. That was like a, a stunner too, wasn't it? Because you realize this is serious. It, it's now or never. Ross is five. We need heroes, Lonnie. And here you are. Luther to his ISB mole that can't break his vow. That that speech is probably going to come up a lot, as I'm sure you're not surprised, Ross. Aaron is here. What's up, Aaron? Good to see you, buddy. Always great to see one of the co-hosts of Star Wars Reactions uh, and one of the original co-hosts of Rebels Reactions, Aaron Harris. Great to see you, man. Ben said, that is my honorable mention, Will. Cool. That's cool. See? All working together. Jason's five. The caliber of acting in this series is outstanding. It's on full display in this episode. Yeah, it's very good. It's very, very good. Okay, I don't I don't think I miss anybody. If you come up with one, uh, please chime in here and let me know. Let's go to number four, though. Number four for me is I can't swim. Mary says no one is getting out, then changes to one way out. Ooh, I know. Isn't that funny? Uh, five uh, for Lori was the breakout. Mary, I knew that was your five. No worries. I put I can't swim. I just I just think it's it's interesting and important that you're not going to have it totally feel good, right? So, of course, after we get through all this and Kino is ready to escape, suddenly he realizes I'm at the top of this massive precipice and there's nothing but water and I can't swim. Now what? I mean, look, am I, am I happy about that? No, but I just think it's... It just keeps it in tone. You're not going to have it super sunshine and rosy. It's consistent with the story they're trying to tell and the emotions, you know, and kind of keeping everybody in check a little bit because the Empire's still very much there. I just thought it was a, just poignant. 
and very notable, a really brave story choice. You know, the easy thing to do would be have everybody get out and everyone sing and run into the sunset and whatever, but that's more along the lines of the tone of the series. Four for Josh, no one's getting out. Kino telling the prisoners the situation. That's that great speech that was referred to earlier. Terry's number four, Mon Mothma's lonely struggle to raise funds to the rebellion and what extent she's asked to do so. That is a jaw dropper, which we'll talk about later. Ross is four. Kino's continuous moments of being brought back to the harsh reality of the situation they are all in before and after the escape begins. Exactly. Exactly. Terry's I can't swim was heartbreaking. It was. But we don't know where Kino is, so hopefully we'll see him again. Lori's four is Kino's speech aided by Andor. Yeah, like, I like how he kind of coached him from the sidelines, so to speak. Jason's four, Mon Mothma's simultaneous display of strength and calm on one hand and vulnerability and fear on the other. Genevieve O'Reilly is awe-inspiring to watch. You know, if I ever get a chance to interview her again, after seeing this whole series, come on, there's so much. There's so much. She's brilliant. Events for us overall, the intensity. I was shaking with nervous anticipation the whole time. The reason why, they have no plan. Usually the antagonist has one and they tell us, but not here. None of this was, episode felt predictable. And I think that's so awesome because the whole thing was unpredictable. And they had nothing to lose in their minds, which made them dangerous. Mary's number four. Monte and Davos' conversation was so creepy. He wants an introduction between his son and her daughter. Mon's discomfort at that is so hard to watch. Extremely. As you know, and, and on the captions, I said this on Coffee with Kenobi last week. It says shudders when Mon Mothma is sitting there by herself. Will's next one, the Scuzzy Coruscant Underworld, made me think about the lost live action series and never was. And you wonder how much Will, how much that inspired some of this. I mean, it stands to reason that that's very possible, so that's a good catch. Aaron's five was Mon Mothma's banking issues and his four. The soundtrack, soundtrack, which is absolutely moving. It's so good. It's so good. In fact, I am going to have the composer. Uh, Nicholas is going to be joining me on Coffee with Kenobi very, very soon. So we're going to talk about the music of Andor with him, which is going to be great. All right. I think that's everybody for number four. Let's see. Yes, yes. Thanks, Aaron. You're going to love it, buddy. You're going to love it. All right. Let's go to number three. Number three. Number three is Luthen's monologue. Look, I know it's going to be really high in a lot of people's lists, and I think it's tremendous and powerful. And Mark Suter pointed out like a lot of great lines from it, as did Ross this week. I'm putting it three because it's a monologue. It's it. I think like the English teacher me. Let, let's. I think it it read more like a Shakespearean soliloquy where a character is on stage and they just share their innermost thoughts and feelings to the audience, but no one in the story can actually hear it. But it's very powerful and gives you insights. Even though Lonnie was there listening, he was listening. But this was really more of a monologue. It was one-sided, him him spilling his guts and sharing with us, an audience, how he feels. And it was really extremely well done, very well acted, very well written. It was probably the least believable thing as far as how it sounds because people don't usually talk like that. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter at all. This is Star Wars and it's gripping. It just... It's just a, it's again, more master classes in acting and lighting and directing and presentation. It's, it's great, but it's, it's, I'm making all these caveats because that's why it's my number three. You'll see what my number two and one are. Number three for Terry is the cinematography of Mon Mothma after a conversation with Davo and as the prisoners swam away towards freedom, like, like fish running to freedom. 
Good catch. Terry and Jason's three. Kino turning the corner and choosing to rebel. I really hope he somehow survived the prison break. And what a performance by Andy Serkis. Yeah, he deserves a an Emmy guest nomination for sure as far as supporting actor or guest actor or something like that. Guest star. I'm not sure how they do it. Mary's three. I can't swim. So heartbreaking after all he did for his men to get them out knowing he couldn't go. Yes, yes, yes. I like that too. Just well done storytelling. Ben's three, Mon Mothma's big test. The walls have been closing in for weeks and now she's pushed to her limit. Now we'll see what she's made of. That's for sure. Will's three, Mon Mothma showing her steel an offer she can refuse. I know. I know. It's like gangster stuff, isn't it? Number three for Josh, Mon. Powerful performance reacting to her daughter being reduced to a transaction fee for the rebellion. It's it's not pretty. It's it's goes I mean, I don't think anybody can really understand that unless they're parents. It's because that's it's tough. Ross is three, that's the first untrue thing you've said. Davos reaction to Mon Mothma saying she will not consider his proposal of introducing his son to her daughter. And that's when you pointed out so well on Coffee with Kenobi this week, Ross, and I'm I'm glad to see it came back here. Aaron, Luthen's speech, Lonnie's speech was moving and visually stunning. Yeah, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Lori's three, Mon and Davo. It's upsetting Perrin's been talking with Davo already. She was better for her daughter, but she's up. She's probably going to do it. Oh, gosh. I mean, can you imagine? It's it's really going to be interesting. We've only got two episodes left. Is that going to be enough enough to tell us what we're dying to know and what we're going to see? Let's go to number two. Number two for me is, oh, I it made it too long, is you've made your point. So um, I like this. This is when Mon Mothma is talking to Davo and he's sort of working his, you know, thug, gangster, I'm an eloquent man of impeccable taste angles. And she cuts him off and says, you've made your point. In other words, let's not do more dancing. We know why you're here. I don't trust you. This is no good. And then um, Davo says, everyone says you're very direct. I really respond to that. I really like that a lot. It just shows how strong she is now. She's not going to put up with pretense, which is saying a lot because her whole life is is pretense because she's trying to help create this rebellion and go against Palpatine and the Empire. So if she's over it and doing that pretense, you know it's serious. And again, the fact that she cuts him off the way she does, I just really like that. Boundaries are important, and Mon Mothma is excellent at it. Number two for Josh is Luthen's monologue, which I think we'll see, as I said, a lot. Terry's number two, Lonnie as a mole, which is a nice surprise. Mary Luthen's speech to Lonnie. Oh, cool. Yes, yes, see? Uh, Aaron's two, Kino's speech to the prisoners, trying to get them to fight and escape. It's even more impactful knowing he can't escape himself. I know, and, and I, I pose this question. I wonder if he would do anything different if he knew what was going to happen at the end. I, I think he would have done exactly the same thing, but hard to say. Jason's to the depth of Luthen's sacrifice, calm, kindness, kinship, love, inner peace. I burn my decency. We never saw the dark underside of the rebellion in the OT. It looks like we're making up for lost time in spades, right, Jason? Totally in spades. Yeah, you don't think of it that way, but yeah, it's it's much more rosy than it actually was. Ross, too, is that the best you've got? Cassian pushing Kino to release all of his emotions into the PA system to urge the prison break, which is awesome. Will's number two, Andor being the catalyst for another rebel 
supporting Kino to make the important speech rather than grabbing the mic himself. I love the way Kino parroted Andor's words. I know, and I like that Cassian didn't feel the need to take over. It's got to come from you, he says, and that was really cool. His leadership, I think he's a good leader because he doesn't want to lead, and I think that's important. Same with Captain America. Not that they're the similar characters because they're not. Ben's number two. The first follower is the most important leader. Cassian leads the prison break, but he knows that people will follow Kino Loy. That is why he made Kino's give the speech, which is a key to his successful breakout. Who knew Andy Circus could inspire us as much as he scares us elsewhere? Oh, that's well said. Yeah, who knew? Indeed. He's a master, isn't he? But there can only be one number one. What is your number one from one way out? Let's get a drum roll here. My number one, and I'm not sure what yours is, but my number one is Kino Loy's speech. It's been said a couple of times, but I just love it. I love how it's created. I love how it's haphazard at first, but then he builds some emotion, and Cassian is coaching him from the sidelines, and then his anger and his passion just burst out of every pore of his body, and it makes this terrific performance. I would love to see... Uh, the behind the scenes on this because it is is absolutely wonderful. It's just very good. Very, very good. Okay, let's see. Uh, Lori's number two was everyone watching, waiting for her and or to show up at Marvis, but little do they know. Yeah, little do they know. That is, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, Josh is number one, the entire breakout from attack to get on the tables to confronting the Imperial text. The big speech were all excellent, and the gut punch of a canceling. This might be the best written Star Wars story. I, I don't, I don't know that I could disagree with you. You could certainly put it right up there with the top of them. Terry's one Luthen speech about what he has lost, and the continued mystery behind his yet to be revealed intentions. I know I can't wait to find out what they are. If we do find out, Mary's one keynote speech of the entire prison and how Cassian urges him on. During the scenes when everyone is running through the prison, there were a few uh, bars of the music that reminded me of Ahsoka's theme. Oh, interesting, Mary. That's cool. Aaron's one is I Can't Swim. Such an emotional moment in Kino's journey. Such a gut punch. Hashtag Emmy for Circus. That is a hashtag I can certainly get behind. Jason's number one. I'd rather die trying than to take them down than die giving them what they want. Love that line so much. What a jaw-dropping, powerful line and perfect delivery by Diego Luna. Hope this means he's taking a step towards becoming a rebel. I do too. Will's one, Luthen's speech, the line uh, the line others mentioned before, above, I burn my decency for a dawn I'll never see. It was amazing. What a great line. I'm so It's just perfectly delivered, perfectly written. Beautiful. Ben's one, everything. Luthen gives a poetic oration of the cost of leadership just after Keenan Lloyd demonstrates it. The line, I burn my life to make a sunrise I know I'll never see. Paired well with Keno's I can't swim. Perfect storytelling. Absolutely perfect. Ross's one. Let's see, there it is. Luthen's everything monologue pushing punishing poetry and the raw side of the fledgling rebellion. Imagine the collection of visual highlights this can be used as a voiceover for. Oh, good catch. That'll happen too. Lori's next one is Luthen on the bridge. No handrails in Star Wars, the best visual in speech. Yeah, I know. Never any handrails. Never, ever, ever. Well, that was great. You all brought some wonderful highlights, and I love how again, I think this is so cool about our community is that when we're talking about things we're passionate about, we may have similar beliefs or certain things, excuse me, that we rank, but we all have different ways of explaining it. And that is why I love learning from all of you because you all have 
unique perspectives that you bring to this table. There are a little coffee table here, and I love that. Absolutely love that. Well, to no one's surprise, next week, what are we going to talk about? Why, episode 11, of course. Top 5 Most from Andor episode 11 is going to be next week. And in the meantime, while we're waiting for that, let's jump into Ask Dan Z. Terry says, what amazes me most about Andor in, in each episode, uh, each episode seems twice as good as the previous. Wow. We're approaching epic level as to how important the story is. I know. Imagine, I'm glad they did it the way they did. Imagine if this was a bunch of movies, though. Everyone would be leaving it. They'd be like, wow, wow. We'd just be blown away. So we're very fortunate we get it on a weekly basis. And I'm glad that it is doing that for you, Terry. It's, it's really quite incredible, isn't it? Just the way it's done. The way it's, I mean, you know, I'm glad we're getting a season two. That's for sure. Dan, is it right that episode 11 is the last one? I thought there were 12. You know, so I'm glad you brought that up. I kept saying last week that this was the penultimate episode. I was wrong. There are 12 episodes. There are 12. So we've got the one tomorrow because it's happy and or Eve, as Mary always says. And then we've got episode 12, I believe, the week after the day before. It should be the day before Thanksgiving. Unless there's a skipped week that I've forgotten about, but I don't think that's the case. So yes, there are 12. So there are two more episodes of Andor left. Thank you for reminding me. Well, I needed to bring that up. Okay. Uh, any other things? There is an email I have that my good friend Gar Van Orden uh, wrote to me. Gosh, it was a long time ago. It was when Andor first started. And it kind of got buried in my inbox. Uh, no skip next week is episode 12. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, so I'm going to read Gar Van Orden's email. And, and people, you can email. Anybody wants to email me, I'm happy to share your thoughts on the air for sure. Ben says, do you know if any cool things are coming out from Tales of the Jedi action figures or Funkos? Uh, not that I know of. I hope so because there's some great stuff there. and Maybe they're going to wait until Andor, but I have no, no inside information on that. Okay, here's Gar's email on the first three episodes of Andor. Says, hey Dan, here are my thoughts on the first three episodes of Andor. The first three episodes of Andor are a lot to process. It felt like a movie chopped up into three episodes. At first, I didn't actually like the first episode. I liked the second one, all right. And then by the third episode, I loved it. They really tied it all together at the end. Similarly, if they had released the first third of Rogue One as an episode, I probably wouldn't have liked it. But by the end of the film, it's like my favorite movie ever. Oh, I like this. This didn't really feel like Star Wars at first. It's dark, gritty, slow, deliberate, yet extremely intense. There's a lot of talking and not a lot of action in spaceships. It felt more like Blade Runner or HBO's The Wire. But it all comes with an exciting conclusion at the end of Episode 3. The series here has a few interesting firsts. This is the first time we see a time code written on screen five years before the Battle of Yavin, which, if you didn't know, is five years before the Battle of Yavin, of course. Uh, five years before the original movie, or also Rogue One. This didn't bother me. I just thought it was curious. Yeah, because they're pretty much back-to-back. -back. Uh, the second first I noticed was this was the first time someone mentioned Calf on screen. Calf, if you didn't know, <laughs> is coffee in the Star Wars books. I heard. I've heard about that. This could be good world-building to some or annoying to people that want the on-screen Star Wars to be less like the books and less real-world to me. It was just something I noticed. It was bound to happen eventually. I thought it was charming. Yeah. Third thing I noticed is this is the first time on screen someone says, well, a bad word. Once again, it's something that came from the books. First, I show I noticed it showed up once per book in like three novels, 
and it was almost said by Lando in Solo. You're right about that. My feeling is that I don't care for language or intense violence creeping into Star Wars because I feel like Star Wars should be for kids. That being said, Star Wars is still a lot cleaner than the Marvel items or Marvel films. And with as much Star Wars as they're making these days, I guess it's okay if they make some for different audiences. I suppose they get pretty stale if Star Wars felt the same. On L, feeling, while feeling more like an adult uh, than I would have originally liked, I'm loving the show and can't wait for more. Make sure you go through at least the first three episodes before giving up on it. Agreed. All this new Star Wars may be a lot to process, but Ahsoka once said, I like first, good or bad, they're always memorable. Thanks for reading, Gar. Gar, thanks so much. Thank you for your patience. It took me too long to get to that email. And I would love to hear back from you again to see what you think, because I very much had the same thoughts as you. The first three, I've said many, many, many times, I've lamented that I couldn't watch this with Mason, because it's I don't think it's for nine-year-olds. I just don't. And at least not in our family. And so that was the struggle for me. But I... I I grew past that and just enjoyed it as an adult viewer. And I agree. I don't want Star Wars to be stale. I want it to be fresh. I want it to reinvent itself while having some similar ideas and archetypes, but still have that flair. So, yes, bravo. Thank you, Garn. Again, email me, danzy at coffeewithkenobi.com or feedback at coffeewithkenobi.com. And I'm happy to share your emails here. Or you can just join us on Facebook Live and we can just chat. Uh, Lori says Grogu and the Dust Bunnies with a little bunny rabbit. That's fun. Is your hair getting long enough to be put in a pair in ponytail and will you cosplay him? So my hair is growing a little bit longer. That's kind of the plan. I don't really know what the ultimate is, but I just want to see what happens. Just doing some fun stuff. Uh, Blake, did you watch the Grogu short? And no, not a ponytail yet. Did you watch the Grogu short? I wish it was something more, but artistically it was wonderful. It was, it was gorgeous. What a delight. What a delight. Lori says, I liked it, Blake. It's cute. It's a really fun little short. I think it was very clever. And Mary uh, agrees, Blake, that Grogu short was adorable. Yes. Now, could we do a top five out of it? I don't think so. But it was a lot of fun. It's always a lot of fun to talk with all of you. Next week is Thanksgiving week. We're still going to have a CWK Live next Tuesday night. We're going to talk about the 11th episode of Andor. There'll be some more merchandise to reveal who knows maybe i'll have more things to open up it's really hard to say but what i do know that's not hard to say is it's i appreciate all of you for joining me on coffee with kenobi not only here but in the cwk cafe our facebook group and if you really want to support me and get more content you can certainly join the cwk alliance at coffeewithkenobi.com slash cwk alliance that's where you get access to exclusive weekly podcasts and video hosted by me tom gross and Corey club we, this week uh, was a blast. We talked about top five things we can't live without in our household. Just fun, mindless, lots of laughs, a lot of interesting conversation. And then next week, we're going to start part one of a two-parter where we review what Black Panther 2 Wakanda forever. So you have that to look forward to if you are a member of the CWK Alliance. Thanks again, everybody, so much for joining us. Uh, Blake says, love you, Dan, and my CWK fan, best Wars community anybody could ask for. I hear you. I agree. Thank you so much, man. Murray, have a great week. Happy Andor Eve. Terry, great to see you. You're much appreciated, uh, Dan. Thanks for everything you do and see everyone next week. Terry, I, I very much appreciate you and thank you. It's very kind. But I'm just happy to be friends with all of you. and It's really cool. I'm a very lucky guy. Jason's so good to be with you all. Have a great week. Jason, thanks so much. Hope you feel better and hope you're feeling good now. Ross, so excited for tomorrow. Enjoy the new episode. Have a great week, fam. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure, buddy. Will, thanks again for joining us. I'll aim to be back sometime. It's now 1.35 a.m. where I am. Oh, my gosh. Well, 
Hey, we appreciate you, man. Get some rest. It's awesome to have you. You're always welcome. Aaron, great to see you. Always good to come home. You're always welcome, buddy. Daniel, what's up? Sorry I was packing for Gettysburg. Well, I hope you have a safe trip, buddy. It's good to see you. Lori, have a great night, and I hope you all have a great night. We will see you next week. Thanks so much, my friends. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. 